Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a passion for making more than one person healthier in this world. I am really excited because I don't have a guest on today or another guest. The guest is going to be myself. Uh, it was a big joke internally at Health Hero in terms of, hey, uh, we're approaching episode 50 of the Pop Health Show. Who do you want to have on? You know, and then others were like, you know, you haven't told your story. You haven't told your origin story, Anthony. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let me go for it and shoot for it. Um, do episode 50. It's my story. And, you know, obviously I'm not here to, you know, talk so much about myself. I actually don't like talking about my myself too much. I'm really interested in other people's origin stories, why they do what they do, why they're passionate about health, what got them into health. But um, I will tell you a little bit about, you know, not just the how and what we do and what I do, but more so the why. So to take you a step back to my origin story, I didn't start off, you know, so I'm based here in Silicon Valley and, you know, I'm swimming with the sharks. Um, it was not easy to get out here. Uh, I'm not your, you know, traditional pedigree that VCC, the... Uh, guy that graduated from Stanford and then went worked at Facebook and worked at Google and then went back to Facebook and all of that stuff. That's not me. You know, I'm a port, I'm a Puerto Rican kid from Brooklyn. I, I grew up in Brooklyn and uh, my dad was really super hard working, working 80 to hundred hours a week. That's always been in my blood. That's always been in my DNA. I saw my dad at a very young age. Uh, he was a dietitian for a nursing home I got to work and not work necessarily every day with my dad, but go there on, on almost a daily, weekly basis and see my dad care for this segment of the population that most people forget. And I would never forget a, a lot of the lessons and the way he cared for them. So he would nourish people through food. He would really specifically understand people's uh, where they were at in their diet, what they needed to heal, the little plates and dishes and pieces of of, of nourishment that made each individual patient or um, person in that nursing home feel better. And he would always tell me, you know, hey, look, this is a segment that this is a group of people that that everyone forgets about. And he had such joy cooking, nourishing uh, these elderly folks that, you know, some people wouldn't wouldn't even have family that come visit them, you know? And so my dad would just love to say, Hey, you know, just go talk to the elderly people. Like just talk to them, hear their stories, listen to them. There's no one. Some of these people don't even have family. And so I used to be a little creeped out because sometimes there'd be like a hundred year old woman in, that couldn't speak. And she just grabbed my arm and just want to hold it. And, uh, and then my dad would just be like, listen, you're, you're probably like brightening her day. And I was like seven or eight years old at the time. But anyway, that's the DNA. That's what I grew up with. My dad working super hard, you know, sacrificing himself to nourish this group at Willoughby Nursing Home in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my dad bit the bullet, sent me to a really good private school. I grew up in, in, in at a time of Brooklyn when it wasn't cool. It wasn't hipster. There wasn't kombucha tea and, and kale and hipster bars and big beards all around. I grew up at a point in time in Brooklyn when there was crack there was people dying um, in my neighborhood. There was people getting robbed. Uh, I couldn't go out in the street by myself. And um, it's a blessing that I grew up like that because I got to see hard work. I got to see grit. I got to take nothing for granted. And uh, when I got into my teenage years, 
essentially my dad was like, you know what? Um, Brooklyn's great. You guys are going to go to high school. You know, he was, he loved Florida and he's like, I think we should go to Florida. So we packed up, moved to Florida. It was a definite, uh, definitely a transition, um, you know, moving to Florida. But anyway, fast forward a little bit. My undergrad was information systems. I had always been obsessed with computers, with information technology. I was always obsessed with behavior change as well. Um, to take a step back as well, my dad always would take joy in the in my obsession with video games, cartoons, and specifically comic books. There is a comic book shop in Brooklyn called Comics Plus. My dad would take us there probably once every week after church or sometimes during the middle of the week. And then my older brother, who got me into comics and, and explained to me the initial stories that got me hooked, like X-Men and Avengers. And then we got into the Spider-Man mythos and the Hulk mythos. And, you know, I would always just fall, you know, in line with whatever my brother wanted to read. But I had always been obsessed with superheroes, the concepts of, you know, just, you know, take a stand no matter what happens, be resilient, stand up, stand up, stand up for what you believe in. You get knocked down, you stand back up. And that concept of superheroism, Meloriaism, whatever you want to call it, you know, comic book, superhero comics mythos. Um, I was hooked. I was hooked. And, you know, a lot of the times when we couldn't go outside and play, you know, my dad would get us a lot of Nintendo and Sega games. We would play like crazy. So my DNA growing up, always about hard work. It was always about caring for other people, but, you know, really understanding video games, understanding comic book mythos. Um, as I got older, you know, as I graduated from school, so my father uh, passed away from a heart attack. It was his first heart attack. It was his last. And um, it was, you know, super traumatic for my family at the time because he was only 58. And, you know, I was doing some consulting at the time. And I remember my dad was on the way home and he's like, you know, how was your day and everything? And I'm like, you know, good. Everything, you know, was fine. Dad, you know, you had that leg pain. You went to the doctor today, right? And and my dad's like, yeah, yeah. You know, they gave me some Cipril and, you know, it's fine and everything. And I'll be on, on the way home. I'll make some chicken for us. I'm like, cool. I'm hungry. You know, I'm doing some consulting stuff right now. You know, I was working on. I think I was like rebooting a server or doing some sort of, uh, you know, server, something on the server. I don't know um, exactly. But but my dad comes home and um, starts making, you know, dinner. You know, I give him a kiss and just say, you know, thanks. You know, I'll be I'll be right out. You know, give me about five minutes. Next thing you know, loudest sound in the world collapses on the floor in front of my mom and I. And uh, that was his heart attack. That was his last heart attack. We tried to resuscitate him. Uh, it did not work. Ambulance came, pronounced him, uh, you know, dead at at the hospital. But we we definitely know he passed away in our home. Um, this isn't to be supposed to be a doom and gloom story. What was most important, what I took away is that you know, after I got over that, like, man, that's my dad, and you know, how did this happen? Why, you know, why couldn't I do something about it? And you know, uh, you find out that this is a problem that goes on millions of times within a short period amount of time. People check out of the hospital. They go to the doctor. There's no follow up. There's no. Uh, there's nothing that really is a good, consistent method of asking someone how their stay was, or did they get their 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 medicine? Do they still have that leg pain? Do they have have that arm pain? How's their heart? And um, I became obsessed with the merging of those two concepts. I didn't start the company Health Hero right then and there. So again, I'm the CEO CEO and founder of Health Hero Inc. 
And we are a health engagement company that focuses on four disruptive principles. We are introducing four disruptive principles to this concept of what happened to my dad, this follow-up concept, right? Nudging people for their health, nudging patients, nudging employees, nudging members of health insurance companies to do the right thing at the right time. These four disruptive principles that we're bringing to the market are triggers, right? So automated calls, text messages, we do web, mobile, we do IoT, but essentially it's triggering other services to occur, whether it could be like an Uber ride or a shipped um, or Instacart order. People don't have access to transportation, right? Some people don't have access to nutrition, their medicine. Some people don't have access to the right finances to pay for their health care. And so there's this interesting um, body of knowledge. You've heard it on this podcast if you're a listener to this podcast. But social factors, social determinants of health, these are like the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And you would think that most people, oh, it's just, you know, self-control. You, you got to take your medicine. You got to do this. Um, no, social factors make a big difference. So disruptive principle number one that Health Hero is all about is triggers, triggering services to occur with automated calls and text messages, using data science, natural language processing, machine learning to trigger events to happen, take unstructured inputs and trigger other events to happen or a healthcare provider to do the right thing at the right time. Automation, omni-channel, which is a fancy way of saying multi-channel, which is another fancy way of saying calls, text messages, chat. Think about it as any which way from Amazon Alexa to your Apple Watch, to your Fitbit, to web, to mobile. We do all of the mediums, whether you're seven years old or 77 years old, there's a medium, there's a type of communication that's gonna resonate with you. We integrate with chatbots as well. We have a Slack integration. Our team is super talented. I am blessed to have an amazing, amazing product and technical team. And they come up with these integrations and the products work out of the gate. And um, anyway, I've got a, a small bionic team uh, behind me. And so I'm blessed to have that. Um, the fourth disruptive principle, obviously, as I mentioned, is the social determinants of health. Now, we've established a core uh, in health engagement. That is our, our, now we're ready to grow and scale that, and we're growing and scale that very rapidly. Now we're, we're really excited about that. Um, but we also posed the question from the beginning, what happened with my dad and what I saw growing up, most importantly, was that people didn't really have good, affordable ways to pay for their health care. And that problem has just gotten worse. And we believe that uh, if a health insurance service needed a starter from the ground up today, what would those elements look like? Um, there's a few elements that we believe in our core that need to be there. And there are mechanisms now from a, from a global perspective, but from a legislative perspective that are going to enable these factors to occur kind of a one-stop shop. We believe community needs to be at the core. We believe in community over commerce. We believe that credit needs to be at the core. We believe that rewards, recognition are a big part of the equation. Not everyone gets motivated by a $25 gift card. Not everyone gets motivated by a $500 discount. Some people get motivated by a pat on the back. Some people get motivated by a mention on Instagram. Some people get motivated by a message on Facebook or just getting acknowledged in a group setting. Reward, recognition, credit, community and insur insurance at the core. So really excited to be exploring those elements and enabling people to not just, you know, get a ride, proper nourishment, reminders for their medication, but sophisticated ways and simple ways though, uh, to afford their healthcare through credit and through health insurance. So that's what Health Hero is. Um, and again, you know, in terms of my story, 
where I've been and uh, what happened with my dad. It's uh, there's a core concept my dad believed is that he would always tell me he's like, I never regret doing anything in my life because I wouldn't be here. I will tell you that I really appreciate my life right now. I have uh, an immense amount of joy that I'm experiencing to get what get to do what I do every day, which is lead this company, introduce this service, and to do so in a in a in a brave new world where millions and billions of people need the service that we're creating. This is a huge problem. Um, I don't want to do anything else with my life, and I'm getting to do what I love. And um, that I've been also been blessed to have so many people that want to be a part of the company that want to partner with us, um, whether, whether they're banks, they're VCs, we're VC funded and we're raising more money. We're always doing that, but, um, we're blessed to be supported by really some great backers. And anyway, if my dad was alive today, he'd probably say, wow, you know, you've gone from Brooklyn to Silicon Valley. Um, and most people that know me know one thing about me is I don't quit. I don't stop. Um, I remember in my mid, mid, (laughs) mid twenties, I had a boss that gave me a, you know, the company was doing personality tests and then he's like, we're over coffee. And he's like, there's one thing I got to tell you, Anthony, about your personality profile that jumps out of everyone else's. And there's a lot of leaders in our organization, et cetera. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, resilience. He's like, you're off the charts resilience. I can take this this chair that I'm sitting on right now and bash it over your head. And you're probably just going to keep moving on and be like, oh, you know. And um, it wasn't until that moment that I realized that growing up, it's like, okay, you know, wow. Um, I was always faced with adversary. I was always faced with, you know, just like anyone else. But one thing I always had always felt naturally is that whatever I want to do, if I see it clear in my mind, I will do that. And there's not a force on earth that will stop me from doing that. So what I always say to our team, what I always say to our customers, what I say to our partners, what I say to our investors is, look, our mission, our vision at Health Hero is 1 billion healthy, happy people. I will not rest until we get there. And to do so, our three values are love, greatness, and unity. We do everything we, we do is with love. We strive for greatness. We strive for unity. We strive for those elements for our customers. We strive for those elements for our partners. We strive for those elements for our team members. That attracts really great talent. And so we're blessed to have a great team that keeps expanding and uh, it just attracts the right payers, providers. So from, you know, name a, name a payer, name a provider in the country, you know, we've been able to establish some great relationships. A lot of those relationships we've had as guests on the show and continue to, to have some great guests on the show. The show is a method for us to drive thought leadership in this space. The show is a method to finally get one source to have people innovative, uh, talk about innovations in health and talk about their passions in health. But uh, long story short, anyway, that is my story. A little bit on the professional side. I came out of school, undergrad information systems. I worked for the largest managemental healthcare company at the time, and uh, which was Value Options. Recently, they had a merger over the last 24 months with Beacon. Coding claim systems, suicide prevention hotlines. Anyway, I was always obsessed with IT workflows. I was always obsessed with computers, programming, coding, um, uh, but behavior change. And when you look at uh, mental health, that is where everything is. Health is about self-control. And so I've always been obsessed with, well, if you can hit a button and change some things in someone's mind or nudge people to do certain things that are going to trigger their own sense of self-control, short-term or long-term, you can change the world. And so if you could change a thought, you can change a mind, you can change a mind, you can change a heart. 
You can change a heart, you can change a population if that person's influencing other people. And that's been the core ethos of everything we've been doing. Anyway, I'll pause here. Story format is the way we've always done these shows. There's no interviewing me other than I'm interviewing myself here. I talked about my origin story. I talked about my background, where I'm from, what what I'm doing today, what we're doing today, what Health Hero is doing today. And what I will share is my thesis is of the future. As you guys know, we like to talk about where's the future going, where is healthcare going? So we believe, I believe with healthcare that we are in a very interesting time of patterns. Patterns are being able to get lots of great data. And you've heard about people on this show talk about AI. I'm one of those enthusiasts as well. I think AI is very powerful. But I think AI, um, modern health insurance, I think health engagement and rewarding and recognizing people and nudging people to do things at the right time and a service that is continuous between providers and payers and follows a person around as they are a consumer, as they are a human being, and as they are an employee and they move from job to job and then they move to be a patient at Kaiser Permanente or then they go to Dignity Health or then they go to Adventist Hospitals. Anyway, um, one place, one unified structure to engage them in their health, allow them to afford, afford their health care, one-stop shop for credit, for health savings accounts, and to engage people in community and get them to be at a community at the core. Most health insurance companies, and we've heard a lot that were on this sh- have been on the show, have struggled in this opportunity to be able to create community um, you know, with their service. There's lots of confusion on like co-pays and premiums, and we feel like that's in a confusing um, you know, segment that needs to be streamlined significantly. But on the provider side, um, people aren't getting engaged properly. So I- I'm blessed to have a lot of relationships with CEOs, with hospitals, across the country, now even globally, the most common theme that CEOs and CFOs at hospitals are saying this year, more than they did last year, was, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know what that behavior of that patient is doing when they leave my hospital. Um, now my economics of the hospital are all driven by their behaviors after they check out a hospital. I can't just charge people a million dollars when they're in the four walls of my hospital. I need eyes and ears of what they're doing. I need to engage them. And so going into the future of healthcare where I see things, it's all about behavior, it's about nudges, it's about social determinants of health. So the financial aspects, social aspects, shelter, nourishment, you have to address these factors. You have to do so in the language of of, of someone as well and honor their environment as well. We are blessed to be a minority owned business. So my identity growing up has transferred into the company's identity of look, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm a Hispanic male, and the company's a minority-owned business, but more importantly, the ethos of serving underserved populations and being able to focus on the Hispanic population is super exciting. One, because it's a, from a number standpoint, it's just so needed, and we don't see enough digital health companies out in the market that are really trying to focus and cater their outreach, their services, affordability for healthcare, and nudging people in their health in the right way, in the right language, using the right words and nuances um, is really important. I also think we are in an interesting time where we should be defining uh, uh, biologically, like what should our bodies you know, look like over the next 100,000 years um, or 1,000 or 10,000 years. And that could be somewhat controversial. 
I read a lot of comic books. What's interesting about comics, if you want to ever see what the future is going to look like or should look like, pick up a comic book or two. It's going to give you some coming attractions on not just what things are going to happen, but the issues and factors we are are going to have to address. I think we're living in an age where a Steve Rogers or a Captain America or Super Soldiers among us, whether it comes to genomics or CRISPR, uh, those things are happening now as we speak. But what's really interesting is how and when uh, do we modify things um, on a biological basis? And there's a lot of ethical concerns, and I'm not here to state a specific thesis, but I do believe there's an interesting opportunity in front of us where some of these services where we can change things biologically for the greater good for our family, for our friends and loved ones and prevent certain diseases from, from, from occurring or happening altogether cannot just be distributed and commercialized and consumerized, but allowed to be paid for from a healthcare perspective. That's fascinating to me. That's super fascinating. That's super exciting to me. Anyway, before, during, after, that's my story. That's where we're going. Um, If you're listening to this and you want to connect with me, Anthony at GoHealthHero.com. I'm on Twitter as OptimalAnt. I'm on Instagram as OptimalAnt. We have a variety of different integrations. If you're listening to this, if you're a CEO for a hospital, you should contact us. You should get a hold of us um, about lowering your readmits for your hospital using calls and text messages. We can do a variety of other things, but think about calls and text messages that reduce readmits for your hospital. Obviously, if we're a payer, we're talking about improving the member experience, improving engagement, improving outcomes. And then obviously, um, if you're listening to this as well and you want a job, um, don't contact us. If you want a career and you want to grow and you're passionate about health and you want to make a difference in people's lives, email me. Let's talk. Want to chat. We're always looking for, for, for health heroes at health hero. Um, anyway, Thank you so much. It was great. Happy 50th episode. I want to take a few minutes uh, and uh, do this. Thanks so much, everyone.